Hello, and welcome to the DMV Business Show, a weekly show where we get to meet local business and community leaders in the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. They get to impact their story and how they got there. You can expect to hear advice and learn about their journey and how they went from point A to point B. My name is Odo Sevilla, and I'm a commercial real estate advisor in the local DC, Maryland, and Northern Virginia area. I have been very fortunate to have worked with many amazing entrepreneurs and executives from startup founders to international Fortune 500 companies. And one of the things I love about what I do is I get to form these great relationships with some interesting people. I get to know them and I learn about how it all started. And I love hearing a good business story. When I'm not working in commercial real estate, I just also happen to be the host of this show. So please enjoy and welcome to the DMV Business Show. Hello everyone, welcome to the DMV Business Show. I'm your host, Odo Sevilla, and today I have a special guest, Dr. Carlos Martinez. He is the president, founder, CEO, and owner of Camp Physical Therapy and Wellness Services. Has several locations, actually four locations, right, Carlos? Yes, yes, in, we have four outpatient locations and one nursing home. Yes, in the DMV area. So welcome to the show, Carlos, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you having me today. Thank of course, of course, a pleasure. So before the now, I like to go to the then, how it all started back then. So if you can please share with the audience, you know, where you're from, where you grew up. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, so um, my family is from uh, New York. We're from uh, the Bronx, New York City. Uh, my dad's a retired police officer. My mom's a retired uh, teacher. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, my dad uh, wanted to get us out of the Bronx. So he, we moved upstate to Peekskill, New York. Uh, stayed there for a while. I ended up going to uh, Peekskill uh, High School, Peekskill Middle School and Peekskill High School. Uh, now, while I was in high school, uh, I took architecture all throughout high school. I thought I was going to be an architect. In high school? Yeah, when I was in high school, yeah, so. So in high school, you can take architect class? and Yeah, you can okay. architecture, yeah. But I don't know how it is now, but back then. I guess depending on school, some schools typically, you know, besides your basic math and history and social studies and all that. Um, right. Unless you were going to a specific trade school. Right, um, now but, I was going to a regular public high school. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so architecture was one of the classes that we took, and I took it all throughout high school. So I, I you know, that was going to be my thing where I was going to be an architect. Uh, then so, I, Carl, one second. Before high school, I'm curious. So you did elementary school throughout the Bronx, right? Yeah, I did. I did uh, up to like third or fourth or fifth grade. Oh, so uh, you, you didn't finish? About, about fifth grade, about fifth grade. Okay. So you didn't finish elementary school. Elementary school, that's when you moved up to upstate New York? or Upstate New York to Peekskill, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, went to a, I went to a private school for a little while, and then I ended up going to Peekskill uh, Middle School. A private school in the Bronx or, or in Peekskill? No, uh, when I was in the Bronx, I went to I went to a school called PS 107. Then I went to Holy Cross School, which is a private school. I, I've been in the Bronx. Um, very different, I'm sure, than upstate New York. Very different, very different, very different, right? Well, let me ask you this. How, how, was, how was growing up in the Bronx? Um, it was different. I mean, you know, it wasn't bad. I mean, every, you know what, I'll be honest with you. Everybody looked out after each other and, you know, um, it wasn't bad. My dad, my dad made sure that, you know, we had a good life. So it wasn't, you know, any issues. It's not like we were uh, getting robbed every day or nothing like that. But, 
you know, um, the area that we lived in had its, it definitely had its challenges, but sure. as long as you knew people and you know, everybody knew each other from the neighborhood, it really wasn't a problem. And you right. say your dad was a police officer? Yeah, my dad's a police officer. He's actually a retired police officer. NYPD? Say that again? NYPD? NYPD, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So, uh, retired police officer. And he wanted to get us out of the Bronx. Sure. So, uh, so like I said, um, he ended up buying a house. Uh, him and my mother bought a house in Peekskill, New York. It's about 45 minutes north of the Bronx. Okay, so not that and, far then. No, nah, it's not that far. It's okay. Westchester County. Okay. Um, why, why there? Um, my dad's partner lived over there. Uh, so Other police officer? Back. Yeah, another police okay. officer. Okay. So he, um, I guess my dad went up there and he's seen it and it was really nice. I mean, yeah. compared to- The city is different. The city, it's like the country, right? Yeah. It's a totally different thing, right? So, uh, so he liked it a lot and uh, him and my mom were looking for houses. They eventually found a house over there in Peekskill. Now, as far as siblings, was it just you or did you have any younger or older brothers and sisters? One younger brother. Okay, so you were the older one. I was the old. I'm the oldest. Yep. So okay. my brother's two years younger than me. Okay. Um. So yeah. So anyway, uh, we did that, and so um, everyone moves up there. How were you as a kid? I'm curious. Were Were you into anything, or did you have any hobbies? Uh. Well, when I was a kid, I liked to play. You know, baseball. That was my. That was my sport. sport was baseball. I used to love baseball when I was a kid. So uh, as I was growing up, we used to, you know, be, you know, watch the Yankees and, uh, you know, uh, play baseball. So I played baseball pretty much all through high school. Um, I didn't uh, – and I wrestled in high school. Um, so oh, you did baseball, wrestling? Yeah, but baseball was the sport that I loved the most. Okay. Well, you have to love the Yankees if you live in the, in the BX. Yeah, if you're from the Bronx, you're going to be a Yankee fan. That's just the way it is. Comes with the territory. Comes with the territory, man. You got it. They're the Bronx Bombers, man. You got it. You know, <laughs> the way it is, you know? So then in high school, that's when you decided you, you were looking into it. You liked the architect thing, right? Yeah, I loved it. So my, I had a cousin that had a construction company uh, in New York City. So I used to go work with him on the weekends all the time. So I used to go visit him on the weekends. And this is during high school? During high school, yeah. Okay. So I used to okay. go with him and work with him on the weekends and construction and do all that stuff. And I just, I ended up loving architecture. So I took architecture all through high school. Like I said, I thought I was going to be an architect. And uh, my, I ended up going to University of uh, Arizona for architecture. Um, and didn't really, I just, you know, architecture school was cool. Um, I could draw when I was in high school. It's just when I got to college, everybody could draw better than me. So uh <laughs> You know, architecture just didn't work out for me. Then um, I came back to New York. I ended up going to Mercy College. So you, uh, you, you transferred from Arizona back to New York? Yeah, back to okay. yeah. And then, uh, so I wanted to do, um, I was going to be a lawyer. I thought I was going to be a lawyer then. Okay. So, because uh, I had taken law classes in high school too. Okay. So, okay. so I figured, you know, all right, you know what? I, I knew I was going to be a lawyer. Um, so ended up taking, uh, classes at uh, Mercy College in New York. And then, um, from there I decided it was just time to leave. I was ready to go and make a change. So I went into the air force actually. Okay. And when I went into the air force. Hold on one moment. Did, did you finish Mercy there or you were just like, Hey, time out. I'm done. Yeah, I was done. Okay. Okay. So let me roll out. How, how many years were you there in, in, in college? 
everything from Arizona to Mercy. A couple of years. Arizona to Mercy, I was like, uh, I probably had like a year and a half of college. Okay. Okay. So you, so you still had a lot, you still had some time to go then. I had a long way to go. Especially if you're going to go into law. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, um, so then I decided to leave and then I decided to join the Air Force. I had a, one of my closest friends in the world. His name is Juan Perez. Um, he, he's the guy who actually convinced me to go into the Air Force. Friend from high school or? Friend from high school. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, um, so he joined, I assume. Yeah. So he was in the Air Force before me. And, um, you know, I was kind of like trying to make a decision on where I was going to go, what path I was going to take and what things I was going to do. And, um, and he ended up talking to me one day. I think my mother actually may have asked him to talk to me. Uh, I feel like my mother did. I feel like that's what I remember. Your mom's and, like, he needs some help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Needed a little bit of help and guidance. So, oh, yes. yeah. so one, um, we went to high school together. We graduated high school together. Uh, still, uh, my brother, you know, him and another friend of mine, Ralph, we're, we're very, you know, those are my brothers, uh, as well as my other brother, David, right? But um, so Juan talked to me and um, talked to me about the Air Force, how good it was and how the life was and this, that, and the other. And uh, I decided to join the Air Force. Uh, he went with me to the recruiter. We talked to the recruiter and did all that other stuff. And, um, and I joined the Air Force. Okay. Right and from there, I guess training camp and everything. Well, they gave me, yeah, I went to basic training and they gave me physical therapy um, as a career field. I had no idea what physical therapy was actually. They I chose had, it for you. That that wasn't your decision. No, they chose it for me. Oh, that's so, interesting. Well, you take you, you take the test to go into the military. You take an ASVAB test. Okay. And then whatever you qualify for is you know you could be put into any of those jobs. Uh, I tried to get a guaranteed job like in electronics, uh, but I'm colorblind. So I couldn't do that. Uh, and I went in open general. And uh, I didn't know what I was going to do until after I was in basic training. So then once I was in basic training, um, I found out I was going to be a physical therapy specialist. Uh, and it sounded really good. So I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. And uh, I started my training in the Air Force. Um, so I went and... Uh, my first station was at Wolf, uh, uh, Shepherd Air Force Base in Texas. So I got my training there. Then I went to Clark Air Base in the Philippines, was stationed there. Then I came to Andrews. Um, and when I came to Andrews, because um, I hadn't been taking classes, many classes while I was in the, in the military overseas. When I got to Andrews, uh, a guy uh, who was actually one of the people in charge his name was uh, Bill White, or his name is Bill White. He's a good friend of mine also. We still stay in touch. And one of the things he told me was, he asked me, you know, if I've taken any classes since I've been there in the Air Force. I told him, no, he said, well, everybody here takes classes, so you're going to have to sign up for some classes. Um, so I, I'll never forget that. It was like my first day meeting him, and he was like, yeah, everybody takes classes. So, and he ended up getting his degree paid for by the military. So then I started taking classes, and... Um, I ended up getting my uh, degree as a physical therapist assistant. Where was uh, this? Sorry, I was in the Air Force. But you were the classes in Andrews. Yeah, no. so I would. So you could take class. So so that's an associate degree. So yes, therapist assistant. So a lot of those classes were on Andrews Air Force Base. Oh, okay. And then some of them I took at like Prince George's Community College. 
Sure. And then like University of Maryland, uh, University College. So I just took classes wherever I had to take classes, right? Okay. And then a lot of the classes I took in the military counted for my college also. So when, once I got all that stuff together, I ended up getting my degree as a physical therapist assistant. Then uh, stayed uh, in the military for a few years. And um, then I decided to get out. And I, it, it was really rough because I needed to get my, uh, I, needed, I tried to get out early so I can go to school. And I got denied to get out early. Then I tried for these commissioning programs where they pay for your school. Uh, and I applied for those for two years in a row and I got denied. Um, and I remember, I remember the second time I got denied, it was, I was hurt, man. I was, you know, married, I had kids. Do they tell you, do they tell you why you get denied? Uh, no, they didn't tell me why. And I, okay. I was really upset because it was a civilian. Uh, okay. that and I remember sitting at the desk and I remember being like 26, 27 years old because I wanted to go to physical therapy school. And I remember like sitting there crying because I wanted to get into the uh, go into the go to physical therapy school, and I kept running into these roadblocks. And I remember one of the captains came to me and it was like, you know what, Carlos? Uh, I know this doesn't sound whatever what you want to hear, but when it's meant to be, it'll happen. You know, something like that. So then eventually, I just you know kept going at it. Applied to Howard University, got into Howard University. I uh, I was able to get out of the military early because I got denied. I tried to put in to get out early um, and I kept getting denied to get out early because it was a career, a critical career field. Okay. Um, so uh, if it's a critical career field, they won't typically let you out. So then my chief, um, Bob Savetic, Chief Master Sergeant Savetic, he's a chief, not an E9, there's a difference. People in the military know what the difference is. Um, anyway, he knew I was trying to get out of there the Air Force to go to school. Um, and he literally told me, if I can't get you out of the Air Force, I'll give you, a, I'll get you a job in the hospital at night because I worked in the hospital. I did physical therapy. Working in the record section, I'll let you go to school in the daytime. And by the way, he let me take physics during duty hours because physics, they didn't have it at night. You had to take it during duty hours. So he actually let me take that because so, he knew I was trying to go to physical therapy school. Um, so... Uh, after I got denied to get out of the military under this commissioning, this other commissioning program, uh, Airman Education Commissioning Program, um, he called like the Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force and the Surgeon General of the Air Force, and he actually convinced them to let me get out of the Air Force. Wow! So uh, before I knew it, I, I had gotten phone calls, and I'm like, "They're like Sergeant Martinez. What day do you want to get out on? What day do you want to separate on?" you know, all this other stuff. So he got me out of the military and I started uh, at Howard University, like, I don't know, maybe a week or two later, really quickly, I started school right away. Um, By that time, Carlos, how long, how long were you in the military? How, how, how much service had you done with the Air Force? Uh, six and a half years before I got out, six and a half okay. years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I had to do like some more time in the inactive reserves uh, in case they wanted to call me back. But um, anyway, uh, Chief Savetic, Bob Savetic, helped me get out of the military. I got out, started school, um, and I'd been going to school for a long time. So um, graduated physical therapy school in 95. Carlos, when you were in school at Howard, were you there full-time and also working? Because I know you I said you, you had a family at the, at the time as well, right? Right. So I wasn't working full-time because I had saved money while I was in the military. So while I was in the military – 
I was actually taking full-time credits. I had my, uh, my full-time job in the military and I actually had a part-time job. Wow. So I used to do furniture on weekends and stuff. So uh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So I was, I was working, man. I was doing whatever I had to do uh, to get it done. Right. That was the same thing. I was in college full-time here in Maryland, like two, two, two jobs, same thing on the weekends, retail, and then something with financial services. Um, yeah. You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do, man. Nobody's going to do anything, man. So you got to go out there and you got to, you got to fight, you know, there's yeah. going to be a lot of barriers and you can let the barriers run over you or you can move the barriers out the way. So I, my personality is one where I try to move the barriers out the way. I just go for it. You know what I mean? I take a risk taker. I take chances. Right. And it must've been hard for you too, because you said you had a, at the time a young family as well with a wife and children, right? Yeah. But there wasn't anything, you know, hard is relative, right? I mean, you know, there's nothing going to stop when you have a goal uh, and nothing's going to stop you from getting to your goal. You know, that that was the way I saw it. And that's the way I still see things. So, um, you know, uh, it's relative, you know what I mean? So I agree. You know, it wasn't easy, but I had a lot of support and I got through it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. It worked out. It worked out real good for me. Yeah. The support um, is important. Yeah. Support is really important. I mean, you know, if you don't have support, you know, it's going to be, it's, it's even that much more difficult when you have support. It does, it's not, you know, it doesn't seem to be as difficult as maybe what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, um, did that, worked for some people for a while, worked for different companies. After Howard? Yep, after Howard. So at, at, at Howard, you got your bachelor's? Yep, got my okay. bachelor's. So then from then you started working? So I started working. in the field, right? Okay. Yeah, so I was a uh, physical therapist. So uh, because in physical therapy, well, now you need to doc. You can't graduate physical therapy school without a doctorate degree now. But when I graduated, uh, it was a bachelor's degree program. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so then, uh, worked for different companies for a while. Uh, All still here within the DC metro area, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I almost moved back to New York and took a job. They offered me a lot of money, uh, but uh, that that didn't that didn't happen, right? Okay. I stayed here. Uh, my um, wife at the time wasn't trying to move to New York, so we decided to stay here with the family. Plus, it was you know. You're in Maryland, it's better than living in New York, right? So as far as raising, for us, for at that time, for raising a family, it was, you know, a little sure. bit. Plus, you're so used to Maryland at that point. I hadn't lived in New York for so long, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I worked for different companies um, and then eventually became a manager and then opened up clinics for other people and then uh, decided to open up my own practice. So I opened up my first clinic in 2003 now, what, what made you decide to open? Because, you know, some people just continue working their whole life for someone. Um, what made you decide back then in 2003? Or, or maybe it's, maybe the thought came before that as far as maybe I can go off on my own and do this or maybe do it better. I don't know. Yeah, I've always wanted to have my own. Uh, so I always wanted to have my own company. Um, my mother taught me at a really young age. I used to have a paper route when I was a kid. Okay. So my mother actually taught me to hire somebody to do the paper route and pay them. Okay. So I remember doing that. So I remember I had somebody do the paper route and I paid them. How old were you at that age? Do you remember roughly? Maybe uh, 12, okay. 10, 11, 12, 13. Okay. I don't know. However, 
maybe 12 or 13. However, you have to be old enough to have your working papers to work. Okay. Um, so, uh, so I remember doing that. And then that only lasted for a while because, you know, once you got, you know, they wanted more money and stuff. So I sure, sure. But that's, that's how that bug went in me. Um, but then I always knew I wanted to open up my own, my own company. I always, even when I was in the military, I knew I was going to open up my own practice. Um, so, um, in 2003, I just decided, man, I'm just going to go ahead and just do it. You know, I had been doing it for so, for so long with, with other people. I just decided to do it. And I decided I wanted to do it in Hyattsville, um, because Hyattsville, um, you know, with regard to medical stuff was underrepresented, especially in physical therapy. Um, and I felt I needed a really good quality physical therapy practice out there. So I did, I went over there and then, um, and then in 2008, I opened up my Laurel office in 2009, I opened up, uh, the Glendale office or Bowie office. And then 2000 and where are we in 20? We're in 20. So I think in 17, no, 2018, I did my Silver Spring. No, 2018, we did the contract that we had with the nursing home in Southern Maryland. And then 2000, no, maybe it's 2000. I'm getting confused now. Sure. And, that's then, fine. and then Silver Spring, I think I did in 2018 or 2019, something like that. Yeah. Um, and then in the meantime, while I'm doing this, a friend of mine that I went to physical therapy school with, Dr. Clark, Andrew Clark, he called me up and he's like, I've been looking at getting my doctorate degree, although we didn't need it. And uh, he had called me up and he's like, look, man, I'm thinking about doing my doctorate degree. And I'm like, ah, I don't really, I ain't got time for that, man. I don't really have time. I'm not really trying to do that. Uh, and he's like, come on, man, we could do it. Let's do it. We'll do it together. It's, you know. Uh, we could do all this. We could, it'll, it'll be like we were in physical therapy school together. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I really didn't, you know, I just wasn't really feeling it, but he convinced me to do it. So uh, it took me about two years, both of us, it took us about two years and we graduated in 2017, 18, 19. Yeah. We graduated in 2017 with our doctorate in physical therapy from EIM Institute of Health Professions. Um, so, um, so we did that together and then, you know, uh, but during that time I still been running my practices and trying to get things going. We're still trying to grow. Sure. Um, you know, so we're, we're, I'm very happy with what we've done and grown so far. Now you started 2003 and you said the second one came in 08, right? 2008 was our Bowie office, Glendale office. And then right after that, the following year you did, you opened the third one. Which was 2000, yeah, which was our Laurel office. So what happened was in 2000, I actually got the property for Laurel before I did Hyattsville, but the build out took so long in Laurel that okay. I actually opened up, uh, I'm sorry, um, I bought the property in Laurel before I did um, my Bowie office. Okay. But the build out took so long in Laurel that I ended up opening up the Bowie office before I ended up opening up the Laurel office. Okay. So Bowie opened up like in 2008 and then Laurel opened up a few months after that in 2009. Okay. What would you say, Carlos? Because it was like from the first one to the second one was about five years. And then after that, within a year or two year time period, you opened two rapidly. Was there something that was happening in your business then that sort of hit that growth spurt? Um, well, I've always wanted multiple practices. 
Okay. Uh, we were busy. Uh, and my personality is, I'll be honest with you, is I get bored easily. Uh, and when something doesn't seem as much of a challenge, I like to take on more challenges. I'm a little bit of addicted to the hustle type of stuff for everything. So um, just running one office ended up becoming a little bit boring for me, to be honest with you. So, and like I said, we, we, we were, you know, we were busy. It was, you know, it was doing well. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, let's, it's time to open up another clinic. Um, so I went ahead and did it, you know, and then opened up another one and then another one. And we're trying to grow. We're still trying to grow right now. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest driver or motivation for you? The biggest driver of motivation. Wow. That's a good one. Uh, well, number one, I'm addicted to, I'm addicted, like I said, to the hustle. You need um, to always be doing something. Yeah. But I think, you know, part of my motivation is knowing that I'm a kid that grew up, you know, from the South Bronx in class and point. My parents worked very hard to get us out of there. We moved upstate to Peekskill, New York. I've seen a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, in theory, I'm really supposed to be a statistic, right? I'm, I'm a Hispanic male um, who, in theory, isn't really supposed to maybe amount to, to a whole lot based on things out there. And I just keep trying to improve myself and improve everything I can, not only, you know, to do well in general, you know, but, you know, I'm representing my people, man. You know what I mean? I represent you know, um, my family and my people and everything. And I just want to, you know, create opportunities. Um, that's one of the things that motivates me a lot. Uh, I like to create opportunities for people that wouldn't be working in our career field, wouldn't be working in the physical therapy industry. You know, people may, you know, they'll work with our company and may not have uh, worked in billing before, but, you know, we gave them an opportunity or may not have worked as a physical therapy technician before. And now they have, and now they'll go to physical therapy school and become a physical therapist or, They've never worked, uh, you know, in different positions, right? And we're able to create a lot of opportunities. So I think that's one of my biggest motivations is, you know, I like helping people and um, I like to, you know, um, give opportunities to people. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I think that's one of the things. I know you've had the business now for almost 17 years and you still have a long way to go. Like you mentioned, you're still under growth and you want to continue to grow. But what would you say thus far, Carlos, would would be the biggest accomplishment you can remember in all your career? What was the biggest accomplishment? Yeah, when you hit a milestone or you did something, you're like, okay, and you felt good. About my career? Yeah, you you were proud of it. I think really when I opened up my first clinic, in all honesty. The first one? Yeah, when I get the first clinic open, because, you know, a lot of people are like, why are you going to Hydesville? Like, why Hydesville? Like, there's, like, that's, you know, I understand. Like, yeah. Hydesville. And I'm like, why? Cause Hydesville is awesome, man. Hydesville is great, you know? And, um, and people, you know, uh, needed, um, Hydesville needed a good physical therapy, a good quality physical therapy place. And to be honest with you, you know, um, I see, you know, I want to help my people and I consider anybody from any inner city, my people, right. Uh, you don't have to be, Latino, Hispanic, right? If you're from an inner city, you're my people, right? And I want to help my people. Um, and I want to do anything I can to help. Um, so um, I think opening up Hyattsville was probably my, my biggest, 
you know, where I was happy, my biggest accomplishment okay. in the business okay. at this point. What was the first one? So that, that was a big feat right there. That was the beginning. That was the beginning. It was tough, man. It was a very, very tough. I had a lot of issues. I had a lot of problems uh, with the build out. Um, it was very, very tough. I remember I had a problem with the, with the construction. I had to call my dad up. I'm like, man, you know, I had to get rid of these people. I had nobody there. And, uh, you know, my dad came from New York that same night and drove to New York and helped me, you know, get the place built out, you know, with our hands, you know, and oh, wow. got the construction people in and, you know, it was a lot of work, you know what I mean? So it was, okay. it was a big accomplishment just to get that one, yeah, that one going. Yeah. It's tough sometimes, but you learn. Yeah, it's tough. You learn, you learn, you know, I learn all the time. Every time we open up a new clinic, I learn, right? So, um, yeah. you, you mentioned earlier, Carlos, about your people and your team. And, and I believe that the team is an important thing, you know, surrounding yourself with the right team, with the right people. How, how many people do you have currently in overall with all the locations? One and number two, how do you actually find your team? Well, uh, as far as employees, we have over 50 employees. Okay. Um, and I have uh, a really close-knit team of people that uh, that we work very, very closely together. And they're involved. All of us are involved in every aspect of the, of the business and the, and the company. So, um, so I, although I don't have partners in the sense that I don't have anybody who owns the business with me, um, um, my management team, they're like my partners, right? Because we make decisions together. I don't, I don't always say we're going to do this and that's the way it is, right? I talk to them. I get their advice. I get, you know, what their feelings are on certain things. I listen to what they say. Um, and, um, you know, I trust their judgment, right? I don't like people around me to just tell me things because they think I want to hear it. I like people to tell me things because it's their honest opinion. So if I ask somebody their opinion, I have people around me that will tell me their honest opinion, you know? Um, yes. You know, I got, uh, you know, uh, Janessa, you know, uh, Daniel, Jennifer, you know, Mary, uh, I got my clinic directors. I got a lot of people around me that, you know, um, we make decisions together. It's typically not a one now, a one-sided decision, right? Sure. Now, there may be those days where I'm like, okay, I want to do this and this is what we're going to do. But I like to listen to what everybody has to say and I always bring it up to people and, um, if they bring something up to me, I listen to them and I literally sit down and seriously consider it. And that actually comes from anybody in my company, anybody in the practice and any, anybody in our practice that comes up with an idea. Um, I listen to them. Um, and I might not take every idea, but I listen to people, you know, and um, one of the things I love is having younger people around um, because I feel that younger people uh, not only, uh, and I'm not only talking about age, but also an experience. They come up with really, really good ideas. Um, I'm a guy from the military. I like things done a certain way. I'm straight. You know, my dad was strict. Apparently, you know, I like certain things, right? Uh, but um, in listening to people, you know, I've, we've been able to do a lot more, right? You know, uh, a prime example, we're using uniforms. I never used to use uniforms. Everybody used to have to have a shirt, a tie, you know, all this other stuff, shoes, you know, and, you know, I listened to some of the staff and some of the team and everybody, you know, people were like, Hey, we should have uniforms. And, you know, we went with it. You know what I mean? 
Uh, we should put up, you know, certain things where our logo is in the pillings. Okay, let's do it, you know. And I try to listen to people, you know, when they when they bring things up. Because if you're out there every day doing stuff, you're going to have, you know, better ideas than I might have, right? I got to yeah. have people around me that um, aren't afraid to share their ideas. And, uh, I, you know, at the end of the day, uh, sometimes my head is so big, I can't walk through a door. But I need people that I know that can give me good advice and uh, are smarter than me in certain things and can help me grow and do things better. That's smart. Right? That's good. Yeah. 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 So for me, that's how it works. I know with a team at 50, do you have HR or how do you find them? How do you hire your team? Uh, well, uh, so right now, um, so we do have HR in the sense that Janessa, you know, she runs our practice. So mm-hmm. she's involved in a lot of that stuff, right? So our clinic directors will hire staff. Um, for their local location. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're responsible then, uh, for that. Okay. Right, right. So now I may have somebody on a team that's going to go ahead and put ads in the newspaper, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, we just uh, hired, well, we actually hired somebody on the marketing team before the whole COVID situation came about. I didn't even meet him. Jennifer, uh, who's the clinic, who's the, um, um, Jennifer is our um, uh, business development director, our, man, uh, our marketing director. Mm-hmm. So she hired that person. I I literally actually just met Holly on Skype uh, <laughs> recently, in all honesty. Okay. Uh, okay. He, you know, so, right. So they do that, right? Um, we just hired um, some new front desk people. I haven't met them yet. My sure. clinic director has hired them, right? Uh, Daniel will hire an uh, industrial rehab director, right? Um, um, so everybody's kind of involved in that stuff. Okay. Uh, we have the nursing home, uh, and I don't work on that. You know, Kelly works on that, right? So mm-hmm. um, I try to get involved. I try to, like, do, like, especially with the physical therapists, I'll, I'll interview them and talk to them and things like that, too. So I'm, I'm more involved with hiring the physical therapists, um, although eventually that's going to end up stopping, too, where the, the clinic directors will end up hiring them without me even meeting them. Okay. But, um, yeah, I just have everybody doing their thing. and That's good. It's almost an autopilot. Yeah, like if I didn't have Jennifer, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I'd be in trouble. We wouldn't be having this meeting today. (laughs) I'm sure. Uh, She handles all my entire everything as well as brings, you know, business into the practice. She also makes sure that my schedule is is good where I don't have to – because I have a tendency to screw it up, right? If I didn't have Janessa around, um, making sure everything is like we're in compliance and making sure that everything's are done the right way with HR and, you know, she gets the medical insurance stuff set up and the retirement plan set up and, uh, you know, payroll and doing all, you know, I don't, man, I don't do any of that. I don't really, Janessa knows that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Daniel runs our industrial rehab program. He's, He's the one who's dealing with everybody and working with stuff, right? Um, and then, you know, you got Ayana and, and, uh, uh, and Robert, you know, um, Dr. Hippolyte and Dr. Nine, and, you know, they run their clinics and they have things going on, right? So then, you know, they have certain things that they need to look for and statistics that they need to look for and different data that they need to look at. So they'll make sure that their teams are doing their stuff. So if I didn't have uh, my team of people, and then obviously I got Mary who helps, uh, she also helps 
everybody getting everything moving around, right? If I didn't have all those people around, yeah, I'd, I'd be in trouble, man. So uh, I, there's no way that this practice has grown the way it has with me alone. It hasn't because it's, it's been the management team and then everybody else that comes and works and comes to work every day. You know, our clinicians are excellent. Everybody comes to work. They do their thing. They, they take it very seriously. You know, they want to help their stat. They want to help their patients get better. And um, we try to give the best customer service that we can to all of our patients. So it works out real well. It's a big team effort. Yeah, hopefully yeah. I'm, not, I'm not just rambling on. Hopefully I'm answering your question. No, 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 definitely. Yes. What advice would you give us, Carlos, if someone wanted right now today start their physical therapy practice? Um, well, I would start, I would give the same to anybody if uh, physical therapy practice or any business at all is uh, you got to go out there and do it. You can't talk about it. You just got to do it. If you can open up a business, you got to do it. And you can't let the barriers, you know, run by you. You can't let the barriers take control of you, right? Um, I remember the first business plan I did, I didn't even get a call back from a, from a, from a bank, right? So I figured, okay, let me, I got to regut and redo something. So I redid my whole business plan and I talked to a friend of mine who's a banker and I'm like, hey man, redo my business plan and tell me what I need to do better or what, you know, what, what works and what doesn't work, right? So I didn't let, I didn't let that hold me back. I just kept going, right? Okay. So I think the biggest thing I would tell anybody to open up any business, whether it's in the medical field or any businesses, you just got to go out there and do it and don't let the barriers hold you. You just got to go for it. Any, besides not giving up and continuing forward, any, any tips or anything that comes to mind right now as far as big, big things? I know you mentioned before the build up for the first location and everything you went through, your dad had to come here from New York. But, but, but anything like that that comes to mind for them to try to avoid any pitfalls? Um, well, I think, um, you know, when, when you're starting off, you don't have a whole team of people around you. Sure. You can't afford that starting off. You can't afford that, right? So I think one of the things I would, you know, would tell somebody is try to get people around you um, that know certain things. Because at the end of the day, you need people around you that know things more than you know. You know, you might think you know certain things and you mm -hmm. have to have an element of understanding. Like you, you need to at least understand the business that you're going into, right? Sure. So if you're going into a restaurant business, you at least have to have understand the basics of that. If you're going into a medical practice, you have to understand the basics. If you're going to do real estate or certain things like that, you have to understand the basics. So get a good understanding of the basics. Do your homework. Do your Googles, man. Get online. Do your homework. Um, try to figure out everything you can figure out about that business. Um, when you, when you're looking at, um, looking for spaces, you have to have a good realtor, you know, who knows what the heck they're doing. Um, like yourself, uh, Thank you. <laughs> to, to help you, you know, find and navigate and negotiate back and forth on some of those contracts, right. Um, figure out where you're going to get your equipment from at the best prices. You don't always have to buy brand new equipment. You can buy used equipment, right. So figure out where to get some of that stuff, right. Um, but you got to, when you're going to start your business off, you got to start it off right. You can't go half, halfway. You just got to go for it, right? Okay. I would tell people to do their homework and to really uh, push themselves. Don't give up. You just can't give up. Good. There's going to be a lot of barriers. There's going to be a lot of people telling you why you can't do it. There's going to be a lot of people telling you why you're not going to succeed. There's always going to be people around in your ear. Always. So you just got to remember that that's noise. 
And you, you, that's, all that is is noise. That's just people trying to tell you why you can't do something. But as long as you know inside you can do it, you got to just push yourself in and do it. You can't stop. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think it all starts up here. If you can control, yeah. Yeah, it's all in the yeah. mind, man. I mean, it ain't going to be easy. I'm telling you, man. I, Nothing you know, good is ever easy, though. Nah, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Exactly. Nobody's going to give anything to you, right? Nobody's going to give anything to me. Nobody's going to give anything to anybody. You got to work for it. You got to work hard for it, right? You got to work smart. You got to work hard and smart. Uh, and uh, if you do that, you'll, you'll get the benefits. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I might have my, my business and my practice, but, you know, I work every day like everybody else, right? I get a paycheck like everybody else. It's not like I go and take vacations every week. Um, I'm working every day mm-hmm. and I'm making decisions every day. Um, and it, it's not like you own a business and the money is going to come on trees uh, because if you're trying to, trying to do it for money, it's not gonna, you're not going to do a good job. You got to do it because you love it, right? You got to do it because you want to make a difference, right? Mm-hmm. If, you're good jo- if you do a good job, everything else is going to come. So that's not only open up a business, that's even being, you know, an employee, right? Mm-hmm. You do a good job, everything else is going to come. So you just got to do a good job, man, and push it. Good. So now we're entering what we call the fast round. So basically, I say a statement, and you say the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Sure. What will you say right now today is your biggest challenge at CAM? Getting patients to come into the clinic. Because of the COVID situation. Because of the COVID situation. That's our biggest, our biggest challenge is patients coming into the clinic yeah. and insurance companies. So it's two things. Sorry. I never hear insurance. I always hear it, it, it getting worse for the healthcare and the healthcare industry with insurance company. It, it never goes the other way that it's getting better. Uh, insurance as far company, as dealing with them. Insurance companies want to take your premium and they don't want to pay. I don't care, man. Whatever anybody can say, whatever they want. Uh, providers are having a hard time. Uh, surgeons don't want to do surgery anymore. Uh, I'm not saying everybody. So, you know, if somebody looks at this, I'm not saying everybody. Sure, sure. Right? But, you know, uh, I have friends that don't want to do certain surgeries. I have friends that don't want to take certain insurances. You know, um, there's a lot of people, you know, leaving the healthcare industry. Insurance companies are very, very hard to deal with. Insurance companies will tell you one thing, and then when it's time to get paid by them, uh, it'll be a totally different story. They're very, very difficult to deal with. Um, so, you know, it's a problem. What do you wish, Carlos, that, what do you wish you would have known now that you would have known back then when you had started your business? That's a hard one. What do I wish I would have known now? Or what I would have known then that I know now? I don't really know, man. Okay. Um, and that's fine. I don't really know. Um, it's hard because it's, I've learned so much. I've learned so much. I, I don't know. That's but, and, and, that, and that's more because a lot of people says, I, I don't, the whole journey is part of it. You learn from it. Yeah, the whole journey is part of it, man. The whole journey is, uh, it's a journey, right? You grow, Right. You start opening up businesses with other people's money, right? And when you make a mistake, it's not so bad because it's not your money. 
right? And, yeah. then you Clinton, and then you open up a business with your own money, and now that hurts more, right? Yeah. And you know one business, and you may have it, right? But then you open up another one, and you still learn. And then you open up another one, and you still learn. And you open up another one, you still learn. So you're always learning. You're always going to be learning, uh, no matter what. If you, uh, if you feel like you learned everything, and you feel like you can't learn, you're not going to grow, and you're just going to fade away. You, you know, we're all growing. I agree. You always have to be learning and growing. Always have to learning and growing, man. That's it's it's really important. I really I'm really trying to think hard of what I would have what I wish I would have known then, what I know now, you know, what I know now, what I wish I would have known then. I don't really know how to answer that. That's fine. Now when I say success, when I start the when I say the word success, who is the first person you think of? My dad. My dad. dad. Yeah. You know, my dad's a retired police officer. You know, um, my parents are, are New Yorkers. Still in New York? Still in New York. Okay. Um, um, and um, he retired from his job. Hasn't worked a day since. My mom, you know, retired from her job. She hasn't worked. Um, they're living the American dream, man. They have their house. Uh, and these are... Two people uh, from New York. Um, my dad is originally more from Manhattan. They were both born in Puerto Rico, but my dad was more from Manhattan and my mom from the South Bronx. And then my, and then, you know, we grew up in the South Bronx. You know, my dad, I guess, moved to the Bronx, right? So, okay. um, so I'd have to say my dad, you know, I don't equate success with money. Um, so money really, to be honest with you, for me, doesn't motivate me at all. Um, a lot of people su uh, equate success to money. A lot of people equate success to how much money you have in the bank or, you know, the car you drive and all of that. And um, I don't see it like that at all. Mo money for me is definitely not a motivator. Uh, I like, for me, you know, I want to be able to help people. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing for me is to be able to help people, you know. And like I said, I, I, when I think of success or who I think of, I think of my dad because he could have been a statistic too, you know, and yeah. he became a police officer and he's just living the life, you know? Yeah, that's nice. Who would you say is your biggest mentor and what did you learn from that relationship if it wasn't your dad? I don't know if you have someone else as far as a mentorship throughout your whole career from when you were young up to now. Um. I'm going to tell you, I've had mentors throughout my whole career. Different right? ones. Yeah. I mean, remember, you know, my mother was my first mentor. And when I say that, I had a damn paper, I had, excuse me, I had a paper route. I'm however old I am, maybe 12 years old. And my mother tells me you should hire somebody to do the paper route and you pay them. Right. Um, so I'd have to say my mother was my first mentor in that aspect. You know, my dad was my, men, you know, my parents were my mentors in life. Sure. Uh, but I've had different mentors over, over the years. Um, you know, my friend, Bill Wyke, who, you know, uh, got me to continue going to school. As soon as I got to Andrews, he told me everybody here goes to school, you know, um, you know, um, um, Bob Savetic, Chief Savetic, you know, um, he helped people, you know, he helped me, 
If he didn't help me get out of the military, I wouldn't be here. If he didn't help me allow me to take physics during uh, work hours and make me work on weekends, you know, to get that class, it wouldn't be here, right? So, you know, um, he was a person that helped me, you know, he taught me about helping people too, you know? Uh, another mentor of mine, uh, Dave Gray, he used to own, you know, people don't probably know him, but well, a lot of people are not going to know him, but, you know, he owned um, several clinics and I worked for him while I was in the military part-time as a physical therapist assistant. And I remember seeing him with his clinics uh, and his partner. I remember wanting multiple clinics, right? Okay. Um, uh, some friends of mine, Ted and Chris, um, they're partners. And, um, you know, they told me years and years ago, years and years ago, that if you would do, go, do a good job, the money's going to come. You do a good job, the money's going to come. It happened. Uh, yeah. And um, so they, they told me that. I remember I had a mentor, when I was in the military, I had a guy tell me one time, don't ever forget, you, get, you never get a second chance to make a good first impression, right? Um, so I, I think over my whole career, I've had a lot of mentors, depending on what's going on. And, um, you know, I don't want to miss sure. anybody, but no, no, I understand. I've had a lot of people who've helped me uh, over the years and helped me understand things, you know? For the people that may not know, what does CAM stand for, C-A-M? Ah, well, a lot of people ask me that question. I've had a lot of different names. Uh, a lot of people come up with things. I typically don't tell people uh, what it stands for. Oh, it's uh, top secret? It's for, it's, yeah, it stands for uh, Carlos Arturo Martinez is my name, my initials. Uh, we, have, we share the same middle name. Is it Arturo? Arturo. Yeah. I love that. It's a great name. So <laughs> that's, that's the initials of my name. And uh, it was when I was actually trying to think of a name uh, for my practice. Um, I was thinking of, you know, sports this or whatever this and therapy that. And I was like, I was going through all these names. And I'm like, why don't we just name it after my initials, Cam? Yeah. That's how I did it. So the initials, they're the initials to my name. So. A lot of times when I see patients in the office, I don't even tell them it's my practice. They don't, they don't even know it's my They don't practice. even know you're the owner. Yeah. yeah, they don't even know. Yeah. I just, you know, I normally don't tell people. Sure. Uh, you know, sometimes they find out or whatever. But yeah, it's the initials of my name. Okay. What do the next five years look for you and Cam, the company? What's the vision? Uh, well, the vision is more growth. Uh, the vision is more growth. We want to open up more clinics. Um, want to create more opportunities for people. So uh, that's really uh, where it is. I, in the next five years, we'll have multiple, uh, multiple locations, multiple. Uh, we got multiple now, but we'll have many more. That's the plan. Yes. yes. And, um, you know, th the growth, that's really where we are with that and creating opportunities for other people. At the end of the day, that's one of the things that I'm very proud of is that I can create opportunities for other people. So that's, that's what we're doing. I love how giving back is a big part of who you are. Yeah, I think it's very, very important that, um, you know, giving back is, has to be there. You know, uh, Howard University gave me an opportunity. They, they let me into their physical therapy program, right? And um, so I graduated. So um, I try to give back as much as I can. You know, I'll do whatever I can for the university uh, and for anybody else. Whatever I can do to help, I, you know, a lot of the People who know me know that I try to help people. That's, for me, that's one of the things. I like to create opportunities and try to help. Sometimes uh, it can be to a fault, but um, I try. Yeah, they can see it though. 
Now, last question. What do you like to do for fun in your free time when you're not busy working? Um, well, I'm a scuba diver, so I like scuba diving. Uh, I like scuba diving a lot. And um, obviously, I like spending time with my grandkids. I have three grandkids. You know, so I like spending time with my kids. My Are they all local? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah, yeah. but uh, the thing I like to do is scuba dive. So whenever I get time to do that, you know, I do that. I'll, I'll try and scuba dive. What, what's your, your favorite spot? Somewhere in the Caribbean or where? Grand Cayman. The Cayman Islands. Grand Cayman is my favorite diving place. Okay. Yeah, that's my favorite spot. Do you try to go there every year or no? Uh, Grand Cayman, yeah. Although uh, we didn't go last year. We went the year before. I have a, a dive buddy. His name is Scott. So we go all the time. Okay. Another thing I like doing in my free time is eating food. Uh, <laughs> I eat food with Jennifer a lot. She likes to eat food too. So she's, that's one of the good things is eat. I like to eat. <laughs> that's good. We need to eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Carlos, thank you so much. Where can the audience find you? So if there's website or where can they find you? So um, I'm not, so you can do uh, camphysicaltherapy.com, which is the website. Uh, we have um, an Instagram and Facebook, and it's like, I, I'm pretty sure it's Cam Physical Therapy at all of those. It's yeah. Like Cam PT or Cam Physical Therapy. I don't really know the social media stuff. That's Jennifer's deal. Yeah. You should have known that before I uh, came on, but it's, we have like Twitter and Facebook and uh, I think Instagram and stuff like that. So it's all on the website. All, all the links are the there website. for social yeah, media. Yeah, you go to the website, yeah. handphysicaltherapy.com. It's all there. And we have locations in Hydeville, Laurel, Bowie, Glendale, um, Silver Spring, Wheaton area, and uh, Charlotte Hall. Yeah. And there's more to come. Thank there's you. Many more to come. Many more yes. to come. Thank you again, Carlos. Really appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review and comment and let me know what you think. Thank you, and I'll see you all very soon on the next episode.